What's up, everybody? This is Alex Worldwide Keller, and you're listening to The Card is Going to Change. And let me tell you about one of our beautiful, amazing, gracious, and awesome sponsors. That's right. It's Pollyanna DIY at Pollyanna DIY on Twitter, on Instagram. Go to PollyannaDIY.com, and you can get all sorts of amazing buttons, shirts, pins, the whole kit and caboodle. That's right, PollyannaDIY.com. But now, let's take it to the reason that you hit download, the reason that you are streaming. That's right, the card is going to change. Hello once again, everybody. Thanks for listening to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we get into this week's episode, as always, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors that help us bring the show to you for free each and every week. Firstly, thanks to Angelo's Pizza. They're feeding us here as they always do while we record, and they, of course, bring pizza to you at our live events at Mount Carmel. If you want to try more of their pizza or anything else on their menu, it's all delicious. Head to Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. And thanks to Smart Mark Video, they record all of our live events. And if you want to relive any of those or watch them for the first time, you can purchase that on DVD or digital download from smartmarkvideo.com. And additionally, head to powerbomb.tv, sign up using the code ABSOLUTE, and you will get a 20-day trial for free. And then stick around and just keep watching the shows that we put out there from the AIW archives. And as always, thanks to Jack Prince, who helps take care of all of our printing and graphic design needs. They can do all of that and more for you, whether it be banners, t-shirts, business cards, flyers, everything and anything. For all that they have to offer, head to jackprince.com. J-A-K-Prince.com. Oh, yes. What a legendary uh, few weeks we've had here on the AIW Podcast. That voice right there, the man, the myth, the legend himself, in and of himself, none other than Ryan Kaplan. He joins us along with Dom Garini will be sitting in. Josh Prohibition is going to be chiming in. And AIW owner, as always, John Thorne. This one, this one's a long time coming. I'm uh, back, baby. My name is Steve Guy. I'm your moderator of sorts. And this is uh, the, the Kaplan origin story. Just I Kaplan. I, I don't do this. I don't know. Uh, there's a there's a there's so much to cover on Kaplan that everyone really wants is. to hear about. Uh, let's start, I guess, from the beginning. It's a good place to start. Like uh, when I was born? No, not that far back. Why? Why did you get into wrestling? Yeah, like what? What leads you, you to find even any of this? So when I was a little kid, I loved wrestling. I mean, I grew up watching it from like early '90s and through Attitude Era. You know, early 2000s. That's pretty much when I stopped watching it. Like when I went to high school. You know, I started hanging out with more friends, and I wasn't home as much, and I kind of got away from wrestling for a while, and I was partying a lot in high school, drinking, you know, all the bad stuff, and uh, one of my friends, around 2013, one of my good friends, Connor, uh, he's probably listening to this. Oh, yeah, I know Connor. Yeah, Connor O'Brien. Connor, for sure. Yeah, uh, 
he got me going to AIW shows. I never heard of them ever. You know, I knew nothing about independent wrestling. And uh, you just do like WWE, right? Yeah, WWE, uh, ECW, and WCW. You know, all the stuff I grew up on, pretty much. And uh, I never knew about any independent wrestling promotions. I never heard of AIW before I went to my first show at uh, Turner's Hall. And uh, I thought it was going to be stupid at first. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't that <laughs> I wasn't that impressed with the going there. I was like, oh, am I really going to this right now? And I ended up loving it. And uh, didn't, didn't you drink a beer with a Necro Butcher or something? Yeah, I, uh, that's where I was going to go next. Uh, I, it was Necro Butcher and uh, was it Chris Dickinson? Yeah, probably. Yeah, they had that. They had that hardcore match, and uh, they they were going at it like crazy. And I remember that drew me in right away. I was like, "Wow, this is fucking crazy." I was like, "I can't believe I'm watching this right now," because I never knew that it was going to be that like actually like that intense. And I didn't really know what to expect going to those shows. So uh, I actually got to hang out Necro Butcher after his match. He was all bloodied up and sweaty, <laughs> and he we were in a parking lot at Turner's Hall, and we we're chugging beers. He's a really cool guy, actually. To me, he was. I mean, it was just cool hanging out with him. You know, I mean, that was my first taste of wrestling and seeing, like, a hardcore match live. So I thought that was pretty uh, awesome that I got to, like, chug a beer with him after the match. And uh, I was kind of drawn in after that. I I um, kept on uh, meeting other people. I, I met Biggins. I, would, I remember seeing Biggins all the time going there. Like, at the door, he was always cool. I always talked to him and Thorne also. And uh, you weren't around as you, you weren't around as much as Biggins was, but well, he was always at the door. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I just knew him more, and uh, and I didn't really know anybody else there. So I was just going with my friends, you know, and drinking and getting drunk and yelling stupid shit. What would I yell, jizz? And, and <laughs> you ever yell at Josh Prohibition? Uh, I don't know. I, I may have. I may have. And that's just because I didn't know any better back then. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I I thought I. I pretty sure i'd remember you stand out you're not like the normal wrestling fan and plus the uh, the volume at which you speak at is, is yeah. pretty yeah. remarkable you got like the worldwide pipes yeah, yeah. Try, and that's why i try to hold the microphone farther away yeah it's amazing i wish i had your voice because like when i teach throughout the day like i end up losing my voice by the end of the day because i don't naturally project uh but you you just you have this perfect voice for that uh, i talk fast i try to slow it down a little bit too but it comes out quick <laughs> the avalanche of words so when do you find out that you can actually learn to be a wrestler well, that, that I went to uh, that's I went to about five AIW shows at this point, and I can't tell you which ones they were in particular because I was still just getting drunk and wasted whenever time I went. So I'm like, oh, let's <laughs> go to this fucking show and get wasted and watch wrestling. You know, I had no idea who who was who and and what show I was at, but uh, I really liked doing it. And then I found out that there, my buddy Connor told me that they were opening up a school, and. Uh, and Johnny Gargano was uh, training us. I had no idea who Johnny was. <laughs> I really didn't. I'm not one of those guys that's going to blow smoke up your ass and tell you I knew all these guys before. Because so I didn't. So I'm not that type of guy. But uh, So I'm like, okay, this, this dude's going to train us. I have no idea who the hell he is. He's a small dude. I'm like, what am I going to learn from this guy? <laughs> and uh, I learned a lot. Johnny was a hell of a dude, one of the best dudes ever to just meet personally and to train under. And Candace also, when she came around. And them both together were awesome to train under. And they taught us a lot. And they got us into wrestling shape the best they could. What, so I, I guess, you know, before we jump all the way into that, you've you've told me this before in private. Uh, but you said that you think that wrestling school saved your life. Uh, can we kind of, you know, before, can we go rewind a little bit before you get into you even discover AIW. You uh, 
had some had some problems, right? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I I don't mind talking about it. It's something I'm not ashamed of. If I were still doing it now, I'd probably be more ashamed of it. But when I was uh pretty much from the age of 19, like all throughout high school, like I did a lot of stupid shit. Like I was a stoner. Like I I cut class a lot, and then I barely made it. I made it through by the, on the skin of my dick, you know. Like it was it was I cut it close. I almost didn't even graduate. And uh, I remember having to take a test. My last day of school, the day before we walked, and I had to take this test depending on if I were to walk or not. And I remember I really wanted to do it because, like, I would be the only one in my family that didn't do it, and I didn't want to be that reject. So I, took, it was like a movie. I, I sat down. I, I studied like one day before. I powered like I guess, what do you call it? Crunch studying, whatever they call it. And uh, cramming, I, cramming, yeah, cramming, yeah, cram. yeah, cramming everything in and all in one night. And I went the next day and I took that test and I passed it. I don't know how the hell I did it. I think I got like a like maybe like a, a C minus, and that's like amazing <laughs> for me back then. It's like an A, like plus. Did so, you did you uh, so you were able to walk for graduation? Yeah, I was able to walk. I was very proud of myself for that. You know, because <laughs> did you know I I was not allowed to walk for graduation. Really? To go back to those bad influences, not Josh not because of your grades. <laughs> oh yeah, because my oh, grades. Oh yeah. I had to go to I I had to do, go to I had to do my whole senior year knowing that I had to go to summer school for one credit because I got like I did like nothing for the first three years of high school so I I had to go and do straight school all the way through all nine periods no yeah. breaks no lunches and I had to go to summer school and they refused to let me walk so Kaplan you beat me on that yeah hey I barely did but so, uh yeah I uh. I'm surprised I did. I really am. Like I like with the effort I put in. I took this this vocational program for construction. It was called Construction Trades in Mayfield High School, and that got me by. If I didn't do that for my last two years of school, I would have been done. I would have probably dropped out or, or whatever, or just failed out, and uh, that saved me. But I still partied a lot. You know, I ended up doing like wrestling in my last two years of school, which like put me in a better like a, shape. Like amateur wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then I did rugby for one year also. And I enjoyed playing it. Like I wish I would have done that a lot when I when I was when I first went into high school. Because I didn't know anybody there, anybody at that school. I was like a little bitch. Like I thought it was what I envisioned it was like a like a like a prison with gangs. Like everybody like knew each other. They're all were you like tr- did you like transfer or you're talking about? Yeah, the- I went to Catholic school. I I I went to a public like uh, elementary school and then I went to Catholic school for like five years and then I went back to public high school and uh, it was just weird going back to that from you know. Like, Did you get thrown out of the Catholic school? No, no, I'm surprised I didn't, honestly. Like, I was definitely a little antichrist. But uh, I didn't belong there. That kind of changed my uh, view on religion altogether, actually. But uh, I, by the time I went to high school, like, I was behind, like, on a lot of learnings because they did everything different there. And I just was restricted in a lot of ways, like, meeting a lot of these kids that were, like, you know, skateboarders. And, and they were in cliques, you know. Everybody had their little clique. And... And I was I I knew nobody I knew like one or two kids and they were always like a grade or two ahead of me so like I didn't know anybody there so I'm getting in fights with a couple people people are starting shit I'm backing down like and taking all the shit like I used to have a group of friends well they were they're not my friends but uh, before they weren't your friends they before. were they weren't my friends at first they, they it was kind of like a jump into a gang they used to meet me <laughs> after class every day kick my fucking ass right after class and beat me down and I'd get right back up because I was always I was always able to endure a lot of pain. So they would like beat me up pretty good. Like I would have bruises in my arms and shit, and uh, <laughs> but like I would get up and it it's was, not funny, but it's the it's I, just I, bruises. I, honestly I, I laugh at it because like like I said, it was kind of like their initiation to be their group of friends, and those ended up being some of my first and best friends, and like all throughout high school, even after 
Like still to this day, I still hang out with some of them. Yeah, but, we'll get it. We'll get into the popularity of Kaplan now, but yeah, and, just, and what that's like. But uh, so do you? We'll do you feel later. like so you fall into kind of like bad habits? I guess right. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And drinking, most definitely, that was my worst. And what ha- what you know what happens with your drinking? So yeah, I graduated high school, and then I, when I turned nineteen, like I never really got in trouble at all until I turned nineteen, and. My first uh, brush with uh, trouble was being at like a like a party, and it was uh, where I live, and we had, there was like a hundred kids there, and it got busted by the police, and uh, everybody was running and shit. I stayed. I didn't really care. I only had like one beer. I was good. I just got there, and the cops came and they breathalyzed everybody, every single person in that party. They had way too much time on their hands, and we all had to go to court. So I had, you know, thirty people in court, and. This judge, like we had, her name is Judge Boza for Lynnhurst. She, I know this lady very well. Like I've been in front of her like like twelve, thirteen times, and but that was my first. So she's like the Judge Judy of like Lynnhurst. Like she acts like her. She even looks like her a little bit. She's making girls cry, making them feel like shit about themselves. Like don't drink, you know, you shouldn't do that. You're gonna get raped and all this stuff. And girls are crying as they're leaving the courtroom. And I made up this whole story about how I didn't drink a lot. I, I was the only one that fought this this case to for the to, for a hundred dollar fine, and my brother played my lawyer, and I went back like three times just to fight this case to fight a hundred bucks. I didn't want to pay it, and I felt like I had something to prove. So I lied the whole time, and I told her I was like I don't drink. I made up the story about how I went had a wine with dinner, and and and, and my family's Italian, like we're big Italians, which we are, but I we're not that big, you know. We're not having with pasta and wine every night. <laughs> yeah, I never had a wine with my family ever. So we made up this whole story. The judge bought it. She's Italian. She's like, oh, I see where you guys are coming from. Okay. And she let me off with like the slightest case out of everybody, you know? So, like, do you think, so do you think that once you discovered the ability to manipulate like that, do you think that that uh, affected your behavior going forward? Yeah, no, it did. I like, I was like, okay, I just played my own lawyer and got them got out of a, you know getting in trouble while all these other jimokes got busted for it. <laughs> but then let's fast forward to like three months later, I got my first DUI with the same judge. Oh, <laughs> and, you're, and you're how old at this time? That was nineteen. Oh and, man, and that was when so, I did, uh, yeah. So what happens there? Like, what's the circumstance there? Yeah. Uh, so, oh uh, yeah, I mean, this is the night I discovered how to do two beer chug, where I could chug two bottles at once, and in like like three seconds, and. I was good at that, and uh, I learned how to do that. I went once driving after to go get money or go to the gas station. I got to my blink round. I get pulled over right up the street from where I lived, and they asked me to blow, and I didn't know any better, so I blew. I got lucky. The machine was broken, the breathalyzer, but they pulled me out and gave me the walk and all that, and and they want they took me in, so they didn't believe me. So obviously I had like too many, but it was probably the most sober I was getting pulled over with, you know, getting charged for DUI out of the three. <laughs> and I just gave, gave this you is the, only the first one. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so uh, I know one was really bad. What is that? The last one that's really bad. Yeah. Well, I got my. Well, they're all like a year apart away. I got my second one when I like two weeks after I turned twenty one, and that one was bad. They're, the last two were really bad. Like I, I had a house party that night, and destroyed my fucking house. My parents go to Atlantic City. The first vacation I took in years, they they were able to go by themselves, and they're out of town. I throw a house party and destroy the fucking house. And I had the bright idea to go to the fucking bar for no reason. Like, I had no reason to leave. Friends are fighting me. You know, I'm stubborn. Go to the bar, get shit-faced even more. And I guess I hit a cone on the way out. And the cops blurt me, like, as soon as I hit that cone. Because that was, like, a bad area to, like, drive. 
and uh, I drove a, like a couple miles before I pulled over, and I they asked me like for my ID, and I almost gave my giant eagle card. So did you not realize <laughs> they were even following you? Uh, I because you said a couple miles. Yeah, before like they pull you I, over. I went like a, I went at least a mile, I would say, before I pulled over and. And uh, my buddy that you know actually did get a DUI yeah. once, and he did give his giant. I know eagle that card. dude, and uh, that's why I, I worked with him at Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah Mike, is it a Mike? Or yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's I saw him at uh, what's his tank is uh, yeah, his bachelor, bachelor party. party. Yeah, so uh, or diaper party. Yeah, right? we had that in relation. That's why I thought it was funny. Yeah, you guys both yeah. got DUIs with the giant. I think eagle he card. actually gave it to them. I noticed. He I, did. Yeah, I noticed. I pulled mine out, and I was like, "What the fuck am I doing?" And I noticed it because I sobered up. Then I was black out. The cops asked me where I was going. I had no idea. Like, I didn't even know what to tell them. Like, I was like at my friend's house down the road. So you get thrown in jail this night? Oh, yeah. I got I got arrested for all three of them. But, like, the first one was, like, you know, like three days and a weekend in jail. And, you know. Yeah, because it's the weekend. Or yeah, yeah. Then you yeah. got to go to, like, a class. And I did all that. The second one, five days. I did that in Bedford, I remember. Yeah, you got to do it. Like, the more you get, the more days you yeah, got to right. do. Yeah, and uh, I, I actually got let off. For, like, as much, many times as I went in front of that judge, she, like, I felt like she, like, took it easy on me a lot. Because she could have gave me, like, you know, 15 days for that. She gave me five. And because I always worked. I think that's why she, like, she knew I was a working dude. I was just stupid. So, the third one comes the along. The third one comes along. Another year later, let's fast forward another year. I'm 23, 2010. And, uh, I would just go to a party and preaching to kids like don't drink and drive, you'll get a DUI. I'm chugging a forty of King Cobra right after I did that and I drove. I wanted to go get some best gyro. <laughs> you, you wanted a gyro? Yeah, hell yeah I did. And uh I remember uh, I went down a cul de sac area, I had no reason to go down there. Like I, I went down a total wrong street. I hit a parked car. And uh, I was going to like at least twenty five and uh and I guess, like, I don't remember, where, like, I couldn't tell you where the, which house it was, which car it was, and who the people were. But uh, my head broke the windshield. Like, it broke the, the, the rear view mirror, and then my head broke the windshield. And uh, I, I freaked out. I'm like, oh, shit, I just fucked up real bad. I need to get the fuck out of here. So I'm driving. Like, I get out of there. My bumper is dragging on the ground, and I can hear it dragging. So I get out, rip the sucker off, and throw it in the back of my truck. And, uh... Next thing I know, I'm pulling out the cul-de-sac, and I have five cops on me with guns out. And at this point, I'm like, I need to die. Like, I'm just, like, going crazy in my head, you know? What are you going to do when you get in a situation like that? I wanted, like, I had no other, like, reason to live at that point. Like, I'm just like, I hate my life. This is fucking bad. Like, I really fucked up this time. So I had the idea. I was like, I'm going to try and blow my truck with because it was spewing out gas because I hit, fucked it up real bad. And there was fumes coming in my truck. You could smell them. It was, like, heavy fumes. So I'm like, maybe I can spark my truck and get the flame going, and it never happened. Luckily, you know, I could talk about it because I'm, I like, I'm not ashamed of it. Like, I, it's just a drunk thought that came in your head. That's how fucked up alcohol can work on somebody's mind because it does make you do a lot of stupid things. Especially, you know, when you're, you're looking at your age, and this is the third one. Yeah, you know it's coming. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm just. You have a job. Because yeah. you're a reasonably responsible guy when you are sober. Yeah, and it's just like it's just I always let the drinking take over my life. Like it always. You know, that was always my downfall when I was, like, when I would go out and when I was younger. That always got me in the most... Everything I ever got in trouble for was drinking. I had burglary charges, like... Oh, yeah, so didn't you, like, steal somebody's bike or something? Oh, uh, yeah, I never got caught for any of that shit, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I did that a bunch well, of disregard times. that. Yeah, whatever, I don't care. Uh, I couldn't tell you who it was if I even tried. Um, but, yeah, there's been times where I've been stranded somewhere, so going people's garage and fucking take their bikes. Probably the most fucked up thing i ever done, and... uh 
I was walking home from the bar up the street from me. And I remember it was only like a 10-minute walk. Like, I had no reason to do this. I go into this garage, and I steal this little girl's bike and ride it down my street. I couldn't even pedal it because it was so small. I just, Luckily, it was downhill. Some coast and down the street. I'm walking in the middle of the woods like fucking Jason Voorhees at 3 in the morning dumping his bike off. Didn't yeah. uh, didn't someone didn't someone telling you for that or telling you for something else? Uh, and then you refused to go to. Oh, be a that pu- was for a window incident. Yeah, I was at a bar one night. He was actually a uh, Kurt Pitcher. He was actually one of the. He tried. Oh, yeah, he oh, tried training with us. He made it. He made it through one class, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, we. Um, I was at the bar with a couple of friends, and then I, I was acting stupid. I I kicked the window at an antique shop next to the bar, broke the fucking window, and I I took off, and uh, the lady at the bar saw me take off. And uh, next thing I know, I'm getting pulled over. I'm like, how the fuck did they catch me, you know? And the, the reason they caught me is because I used my, my uh, credit card at the bar, so they have my name. And uh, that kid, one of the kids I was with, they, they interrogated them. They found out who I was with and all that because they used their cards too, I think. And uh, they questioned him, and he straight up told on me. Like, he's like, he's like Ryan Kaplan but did didn't that you, shit. Did, okay, didn't you, get, you, have to, you have to tell, you have yeah. to tell the payback story, oh, I, I'll get back to that. I, I'm going to go to the payback story. Yeah, so... Uh, let's, let's fast forward like you know, like a couple months later like, that kid Kurt he, he called me one day out of the blue and he's like I'm still kind of like a little pissed off about it but like whatever you know it was my fault I did it I always t- took ownership of what I've done but uh I was still kind of mad that he, he just straight up ratted me out and uh he calls me up he's like yo man he's like my grandma just died he's like and uh I don't have anybody to help me Paul beer for her so I need you to comfort me and I'm like, all right, Kurt, I'll do it for you, man. I'm you're a good friend. Why not? Never fucking showed up. He no showed the Paul Bear yeah. gig. That was my payback. <laughs> so <laughs> call that shitty, maybe, but I don't know. That was my way of paying him back. And I, I don't hold any grudge against him. And we're still cool. Like where where he came to a couple of my jizz fest parties, and we'll get we'll get to those later. So <laughs> so anyway, you, you find yourself at wrestling training. Uh, what what were you thinking when you decided that you're gonna take the leap? That you just needed something else in your life, or what? Yeah, like I, at that point when I first started going to AIW, that was like towards the end of my drinking career. Like I was. Well, well you still like, drink, but towards yeah, the, but like like like, the, like a monster. I wasn't yeah. like a fucking. I was on a mission back then. Like I was blacking out four days a week, like and pissing myself. You know, like it was stupid. And uh, like around 26, that's when I like started going to AIW shows, and that's when I started slowing down. I still didn't have my license at that point for my third. I got suspended for three years for my third one. Did a month down in county where you work. <laughs> wow. If I knew you, I would have said hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, but uh, that was a fucking shit show. But uh, I learned a lot from that, too. But uh, I still ended up back there a couple times after. But, uh, yeah, so I started going to AIW shows, and, and I really enjoyed them, and I got my license back in that process of going, and I heard that they were doing like training, and I always thought it was cool going. And I said, "Why the fuck not? Maybe I need something else to, you know, you know, channel my drinking problems, and you know, kind of start something new and find a better hobby and habit, you know." So I uh, got into that, and and you know, it got me in a better shape, and I wasn't drinking like I was. And it's uh, you know like how we talked with Josh Prohibition. It kind of puts you in with all these different walks of life, you know. What what did what did you think about that? Because you know you're saying when you're going to a new high school, guys are beating you up to yeah. be their friend, you know. Like yeah. what? So what did you what did you think about that process? 
of uh, high school. No, I'm saying no, of oh, coming oh. to the school and like meeting all these characters, different oh, people. Yeah. It, it was it was a big adjustment for me, like because I these are probably people I would have fucked with in high school towards then. Like a lot of them, like Frankie Flynn. I love you, Frankie, but I would have <laughs> fucked you bad in, in high school. But you're you're cool. You're cool as fuck, man. You're a good dude. I don't hate you. <laughs> Um, fucked with or fucked? <laughs> I would have fucked with. Maybe you got, got me drunk with. enough. No, I'm I just think, kidding. Yeah, I think you've got the with. I, I want to fuck him with your dick. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so did you see? Uh, you know, when we talk about how wrestling kind of saved your life, you said, is it because you look at you looked at it as a challenge? You're like, this is something I want to do, or you know, the fact that it just you you felt like. If I'm gonna do this, I gotta be in, in better shape, so I'm gonna drink less so that I can be in good shape. What, yeah, you know, I knew it, like it was something I had to take seriously. Like mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't gonna go into this half-ass. Like my first year until I debuted, even like I I, I showed up consistently, and zoom tight, I showed up consistently, and, and uh, I I really enjoyed doing it. I got in better shape. I lost a bunch of weight. You know, I at least lost like 15 pounds. Like from you know the first few months of training and i enjoyed everything it was fun I, I you know i always enjoyed like doing stupid shit like i would always that's what i how i got through high school i did a lot of stupid shit and that's how i made friends you know like that's that was my thing like doing flips off like medians and you know whatever something stupid on the concrete and getting drunk and so i was able to use that for something you know useful <laughs> yeah it's like, like wrestling at least like i can doing it for a reason now instead of just getting drunk and hurting myself and now i can be actually doing it for like did- people did the camaraderie help you at all? You know, you're going to school. You're all trying to do kind of like the, the same thing. You're all going through the same or similar struggles and challenges. Yeah. And like you just said, you, you you used to be getting drunk and doing stupid things. Yeah. Well, now you guys are all working at this and you're, you know, soberly. Yeah. And you're, you're kind of going through this stuff. D- different, you know. So did that help you was it just because it seemed more like a little family you got johnny and candace there yeah, being mom and dad and definitely because i saw serious uh johnny and candace took it and everybody not just them like thorn and biggins like yeah you know they they were getting this like this is a big risk for them to open up a school you know that could have been a bus you know i mean you have all these group of random fucking kids coming in <laughs> and with so many different gimmicks and personas you know and not all of us were different and we really were like i i showed up with two of my good friends uh Brian Carson and, and good old Steve. And and Steve made it to about two sessions. Yeah, he made it to about two <laughs> sessions. In. But uh, uh, if Brian didn't uh, do it so much, uh, if, he, if he was in there with me, I probably wouldn't have uh, came back as much. You know, I don't know if I would have stuck to it as much as I did in the beginning. And uh, all the way till I, like when I debuted and all that. And he's still, he's still really active. And, you know, I'm not around as much anymore. But uh, he... He definitely helped a lot and helped me like like get into it a lot more because I had somebody to do it with, you know, that I was friends with already. And like Steve was saying, do you think like the the new friendships and the camaraderie like helped kind of bring you back? And oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, like, I met made friends, I made family basically, you know, like I now I have a whole new group of friends. Like it's like I lost friends over the years and I gained a lot more. Like it's and you know I try to be there, not just wrestling, you know, in real life, like I. Like, worldwide, I've been to a couple of his parties, you know, like, his wild fucking parties. <laughs> yeah. you know, they're all fucking, like, like, cutting each other open and, like, getting wasted, and I'm, I'm down with that. Fuck it. <laughs> so, uh, I want to touch on real quick, because this is going to be about wrestling, but then so much more, because that's who you are. You said everybody's got all these different uh, gimmicks and characters and ideas of who they want to be, and you talked about all the way up to our debuts. Well, then there's the Ryan Kaplan gimmick slash character and debut everybody's got all their ring gear and these personas <laughs> and uh 
there he is, McNulty Construction. I am who I am, man. <laughs> I really am. Like, honestly, I'm a, I'm a fucking character. I really am. And like, uh, I couldn't be anybody else but myself. I really can't. And I mean, maybe not the. I could get better gear. I know that. But, <laughs> but like, character-wise, like I am who I am. And uh, I just couldn't. I'm not that good of an actor. You know, I can. You know, I do my thing in a ring when we're you know working and all that. But a whole different persona. That's I can't do it. It's not me. What? And, so you know, let's. You you train for quite quite a bit of time. You you become beloved by all of your other you know students and peers and things like that. Yeah. Uh, what are you thinking when it's time to make that debut? Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, it was. It was definitely a reality check. Like I'm just. It was very surreal. Like I. It, it, for as long as it took, it came really quick. Right. Like it was like wow. This you know we were always like halfway through like training like like say we started in june like say december that same year like we're like when the fuck are we gonna debut ready we've been training forever and we're ready we're ready you know we've been we said that so much like brian and i especially we're ready like when are they gonna fucking debut us already and uh and then finally the day came and we're like wow it's fucking really here yeah and this it's is too a quick. year this is a year yeah after a half a year of us saying that you know and now i'm like wow and and, and then it, like even our first match, we didn't know fucking shit. Like we we knew what we had to do. Like we learned to no. Like don't get me wrong, we know we knew a lot from Johnny. Like he taught us everything. And like and but like just you have to work like 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 uh, Josh said in one of the other podcasts that uh, you got to you got to work in a ring and yeah, that's when you really learn. Yeah, you have to experience like it, it firsthand in front of a crowd. Like it's not the same as what you your conditioning and all that. It's a lot different. You got to learn how to work in front of people and even like when we got all our friends to come we, like we had a huge fucking crowd for us brian and i we sold like what like 70 tickets 80 tickets right yeah and like half of that place is there for us and and it doesn't like it, it was cool that they all came but like they all started fading off eventually you know i mean i knew that i mean that's like, we already knew that and i didn't push it down people's throats because like wrestling's not for everybody it's not no, so yeah. like i'm like come to my show i'm gonna hate you forever like Come if you want to. You know you don't have to give me twenty bucks to come to support me. Some of my some of my friends bought tickets didn't even come. Like I was kind of mad about that. I'm like, why'd you do that? You know that's cool for you to do, but you know you don't need to do that for me. Like I just wanted you to maybe try something new, and you know maybe you'd get. You want them to like actually support you for real? Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, be there. They, which they, they did. You know they had good intentions of doing that, but I wanted them to actually like want to be there and have a good time and experience this. Like because for, it was something that's that changed your life. A yeah, little bit. it really was, and like I didn't want them to be like I, my mentality when I went in there, like fuck this hillbilly trash bullshit. You know, that's <laughs> what I, honestly, that's what I thought, and like I like I'm not gonna bullshit you guys and say that I didn't, and and. I fucking I changed my perspective and I learned a huge lesson lesson about all that. And you, you know, you got you know, as time went on, you got thrown into different situations and you started taking more risks. I, I was mm. gonna say there's there's one match. That, you know, we do Q and A's with this episode uh, with the podcast, and there's one match that's come up a couple times. And I thought, you know, there's only one person that could be on this podcast and and talk about it, and that was your your fresh meat yeah. match. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. That's you know kind of what you wanted to do. The yeah. guy that you wanted to wrestle, you wanted to do a death match. Uh, what did you you know? How was that experience for you wrestling Madman Bondo? Well, first of all, I probably still won't be able to have kids because of him. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking center block, but uh, he uh, 
it was it was definitely hard like, going with a veteran like he is. You know, he's been wrestling since eight, the year I was born, eighty seven. We actually have the same birthday, uh, June twenty fourth, and oh, he wow. he debuted on his birthday in eighty uh, eighty seven. Or no, maybe not eighty seven. I don't know if it was his birthday, but he debuted the year I was born. So he's been wrestling my whole life, you know. And I'm wrestling a guy that that's been through everybody, you know. Like this guy's seen it all. And it was definitely intimidating, like the most intimidating match I had, like like putting together a match with somebody. Right. And it was kind of harder with him because, you know, he was kind of jumbling things up. But, like, you know, like it was like nothing against him, you know, but it was like we would we would go over something and then next thing you know it's different. And then I'm just like, okay, then now what? So this is like where I had to probably improv the most during the match. And did, it, it was definitely did, interesting and kind of hard in a way. Did you, did you feel good about it after it was done like comfortable with i'll tell i'll tell you someone who didn't feel good about that match after it was done my good friend john thorne over here as you crashed <laughs> madman pondo through uh the first of our the first of our many mount carmel tables <laughs> yeah, yeah i was the one that broke the cylinder right? that's uh, your improv yeah 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 uh, i put pondo on the table the thing fucking just breaks like it's just amazing me how like, i i put him on there lightly too just to like make sure it wouldn't break because i saw it bending before when we were fucking around with it and I put them on here gently. The thing just fucking breaks. So what the fuck do I do? I grab a, the plastic, uh, the the bell table, and I'm just fucking improv right there. And I did my dive, and that's actually the dive that I used for my uh, Fox Eight Turkey Bowl entrance. <laughs> uh, one of the the next moments that puts Kaplan on the map with AIW fans and uh, it's, it's gets some some traction out there in general in the world of social media is a split-legged moonsault is a split-legged moonsault that did not go as it's it was going to training though yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but it was not it did not end up looking as it was supposed to uh on on your friend brian carson yeah, so yeah, mania looked good <laughs> so there's a great there's a great training story as to the setup for this and actually we were talking me and Fr- me and flynn were talking about tonight at training and it was um Kaplan is practicing the split legged moonsault, and he is, you know, he is have a very high success rate, probably in the high ninety percentile. Uh-huh. And then out of nowhere, he decides to yell before he does it, "I love ice cream." <laughs> and then, yeah. as he yells, "I love ice cream," he proceeds to almost break his neck. <laughs> and the only thing Johnny and Candace tell him is, "Hey, uh, Ryan, when you do it against Brian, just don't say I love ice cream." <laughs> and for the record, I never said that that night when I was watching <laughs> Brian, but it's just a. Uh, the Josh, ropes were a little Josh have you seen this this video? Yeah, that that was something like too like like it was my fuck up. Like I mean, I take full blame for it, you know. I can't, there's no way around that. But that that night in particular, like I always like, when I knew I was gonna be doing that move, like I was always checking that top rope to make sure it was like right where I needed to be. And that one night in particular, like it seemed like a little like looser than usual. And I knew that too. And I you know my fault. You know I should have probably not done that then if I knew that. And I still did it and. Look what happened. So from a guy uh, that uh, has trained a few guys, you know, one of my rules that I have for guys that I train, I call it the B minus rule. <laughs> and uh, I say anything that you do in training, if if we're not going to give it a grade of a B minus or better, <laughs> never, ever attempt it in a match. And I was just speaking to uh, Maserati West at uh, Fitworks in Rocky River. Uh, you know, he works out there, too. And I was kind of talking to him about a match. He he wanted me to watch the match he just recently had with Duke. Yeah. And uh, he was 
was asking me some some constructive criticism, and I was kind of giving him the B minus rule. Uh, but again, with the split legged moonsault, uh, I probably could do one as well, but uh, it definitely would not be better than a B minus. So uh, there's <laughs> there's a very good reason why I would never attempt that in a match. But uh, you know, you live and learn, right? Yeah. To so this to this day, by the way, when you do that and you start scaling up to the top rope. The crowd goes silent, and you just you hear them all taking in air, wondering if they can breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> so putting me on a spot, which I want, uh, <laughs> if I want your take on that right now, would you, would you think that I should keep on doing that or no? And I, I want this. I want the art call to know this. I want I want this to be said in front of the whole call. I, I hope that. How old are you? I'm 31 now. Okay. Uh, you know, you you probably hope for at least another forty years of life. Huh, maybe. Um, I I would have to, so one of my things I say to some guys that I see doing ridiculously stupid things. I say uh, save it for SummerSlam, which is basically you know save it until you get to you know a major pay per view, and then maybe take that risk with your life. Uh, but you know, for Mount Carmel, two hundred people, two fifty, uh, I probably wouldn't do it. Okay. Um, but again. You know, it is your neck, but uh, I, yeah, I know. you know, I, I think, uh, you know, you have a long life ahead of you and hopefully the, a comfortable one without na- major neck surgery. What about <laughs> once in a while? I mean, from what I saw, like I said, I don't think I'd risk it. Uh, <laughs> he has hit it, though. He has I, hit it. You know, honestly, then, yeah. I, I think your your best bet, what I would, what I would coach you to do, um, just get in there and swing it. Just absolutely, just bruiser st- stiff people like crazy, and just get in there with guys that can really bang and just, uh, you know, have a brutal, hard hitting match. But I might save the uh, the moonsault for SummerSlam. Gotcha. All right, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you told me that. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I want I want everybody to get a first hand view of how this goes in a back room. Like this is how we were talking about that, you know. And this is what it is. And you know, I'm not ashamed of it. Nobody really should be. Like this is how you learn. And I learned a valuable lesson like a bunch of times, like to do stuff and not to do stuff. Like, there's been a couple of matches I had where I just totally botched something and like I never really wanted to do it again. But I don't know why I was so adamant about the about the moonsault. Probably because it was like the craziest thing I was able to do and sometimes pull off. So like, <laughs> but uh, and like uh, Johnny had a lot of like we had a lot of fun like practicing for that during practice and like yeah. you know, during training. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So as we talk about coachable moments. You yourself got to be a coach and not listened to at one point. You know, we discussed the camaraderie of the group of guys you trained with. Uh, you decided to make your, your way over to Now That's Class with Worldwide, and you won a beer chugging competition. Oh, yeah. Got a sweet jacket. And the next year, you tried to coach your friend Worldwide. Yeah, the only reason I tried to coach them because they wouldn't let me participate in it. Those bastards. <laughs> yeah, what was that reasoning? Uh, because I murdered them in the first year. Like I, you had to chug two uh, forty ounces of malt liquor, and it was the forty ounce man of the year competition. That's what. And now that's class in uh, Lakewood, and uh, I did both, and it was a minute sixteen. I remember that's how fast I chugged both, and the second ounces. place, second place. Came in at eight fucking minutes. I was so disappointed in my competition, and it was cool, you know, because that same night I had my one of my good friends, Teddy. He he died, and we had his funeral that day. So that was kind of like my, you know, dedication to him, and I, that was like that was pretty meaningful to me. I like that jacket that I have. I'll fucking cherish that forever because I earned that jacket for my buddy that died. I'm gonna frame it one day, like that shirt, and then nobody can see. Kaplan, I have some questions. Um, 
So I uh, I consider myself a beer snob. Uh, I'm drinking some really piss poor beer here at uh, at the Thorn Residence uh-huh. at the moment. But typically I'm a bone dry craft brew IPA kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, so when you're chugging these forty ounces, what is the ABV on those uh, bad boys? Uh, I think I think they're like. What is it? Uh, Malt liquor can be yeah, like they, a seven like, or eight. Yeah, they, seven or eight percent. Wow! Like so you're yeah. you're going eighty ounces at seven or eight percent. Yeah, they're, they're meant to fuck you up. Like they they like I used to drink those a lot when I was younger, and like they. Yeah, because what was it? Cheap. It was like King Cobra or something. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah. where I got my DUIs off of. Uh, what, what do they have now? This they, class they had Mickey's. I never even heard of it before. Oh yeah, yeah. Mickey's is a classic. You got the uh, the Hornet on there. Or, yeah, I think yeah. so. A green bottle. Yep. Yeah, I never heard of it before, honestly. And and what you're. Uh, the, that stuff, it goes down smooth, but it hits you like a brick. It's so weird. I was going to say, uh, so what was your time on the, the two the two 40 ounces that you were able to take down in uh, record time? A minute 16. Sec- second place was eight minutes. Yeah. So for a guy that doesn't uh, ever, you know... Uh, partake in in that particular fashion you know what what how long does it take before that really starts to hit you oh the before i get the buzz uh it, it comes quick when you when you chug it, it hits you a lot quicker like probably like 10 minutes like 15 minutes at 20 minutes you're feeling pretty damn good like you know you're like you know you're drunk I've never vomited from drinking before, but I think that would probably uh, that would probably do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it very well can. That shit hits well, you hard. It turns out the very next year, somebody did. Yeah, and fucking worldwide. So tell us this story of you trying to coach worldwide in this contest. So I knew they wouldn't let me participate the next year. I'm all pissed off about that. I wanted my fifty dollar gift card again, another jacket, <laughs> and uh, and uh, like I'm like worldwide's doing it this year. You know, maybe I'll be his coach motherfuckers have come walking in with a fucking large coffee and he's just sipping on it i'm like dude what the fuck are you doing oh i'm getting ready for this fucking chugging contest you know worldwide you know <laughs> i'm just like dude you're fucking drunk off coffee already and and this dude's just fucking drinking coffee i'm like dude that's like the worst thing you could drink before a chugging contest i could just picture the beer and uh, the coffee mixing together in a stomach and curdling it's fucking gross and what do you know Surely enough, during the competition, I was there. I was there. Yeah, like one minute into the competition, this motherfucker's puking over the place. It was funny. It was a sight to see, and he did it in the class. He he, like he was classy about it. He did it in front of everybody. The thing that's so <laughs> disgusting. The thing that's so disgusting about this competition is they lay plastic down everywhere yeah, because like they know guys are gonna puke. And it's like fucking Dexter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's like. I never really puked off drinking growing up. Like, I if I did, it was because I chugged too many beers like way too fast. Like one time I did a six pack, I shotgun six beers one after another, and I puked after that because it was just too much to take in. One time, the most consumed like in like a straight up sitting was like or just like like a chug wise, it was a. Uh, I did five beers in a bong once when I was in high school. It was rugby. I went to Pittsburgh for a, for a tournament, and these motherfuckers poured five beers into a bong, and they just gave it to me, and I just did it. And I'm just fucking like, when the fuck is this thing going to end? And I puked all inside a tub and over the place. So I think one of the good things in my life was that I'd never started drinking until I was 27 years of age, oh, which, oh, really? which allowed me to kind of bypass all those dumb decisions you typically make at a younger young, yeah. younger clip. Um, so I have a decent respect for alcohol, and I try to use it as responsibly as possible. But when one enters into a chugging contest like the one that you, uh, you were able to win, uh, is there a particular secret, or is it just genetics? Uh, it's... It's just, I guess it's genetics. Like I, I don't know how my my dad was when he was in high school or you know growing up, but I just something I was able to do. I, when I when I uh, 
when I was back in high school, like I first started hanging out, like when I really started partying, I hung out with like older kids. So like they would, you know, be bonging and shit, and I, I'm just starting to get into drinking. And my first drunk was probably like when I was 16. And like I remember, I was it was New Year's in my buddy Kenny's house. I got piss ass drunk, and I'm walking up these stairs. We're in his basement. His grandma catches us, and she's like, "What are you guys doing?" And I just fall down the stairs right in front of her. And <laughs> and I and I'm acting like it never happened. I get like right back up, and and she's like, "You're fucking drunk." I'm like, "No, I'm not." Yeah, but but like I was always able to like I always I also worked at a grocery store and they support beer on top of the ribs to tenderize them or whatever and we don't don't tell me you drank the beer off the ribs that had been marinated that that sounds good no but that's uh, yeah that's salmonella (laughs) brother no but uh no but uh no but like I they would have like random cases of like twelve packs laying in the back room this is like an old school like like Italian supermarket like like a Catalano stop and shop. And uh, this is when you can still smoke in the break room and all, you know, Italian guys working there, like, screaming in the back room. And I'm taking these cases of beer, and we're going in the cheese cooler with my buddy Stevie and Tommy. We're in a meat department. We don't give a fuck about our job, you know. We're going in the cheese cooler, and we had to drink them fast because we didn't want to get caught. So I think that's where I learned how to, like, like how I knew I was able to drink fast because I was smoking them on, like, the chugging. And then I started going to bongs. I actually practiced with water first with the bongs because I never I didn't know if I was able to do it so I did water for the first time and first person I've ever met to say they practice a bonging you know what's so funny that you said that uh, I saw the video of you drinking the 40 ounce in, in that record time uh, <laughs> and what I actually did I'm not even exaggerating I took 40 ounces of water and I said I don't even know if I could drink 40 ounces of water <laughs> in, in the same in the same way that Kaplan <laughs> drank that beer and I tried it and I, I, I had to stop because I was getting close to puking. Oh, it's not—it's not for everybody. It's a—it's what I what I call it is unnecessary talent. Like it's cool that I can do it, but they got me in a shitload of trouble along the way. Like and and I've earned all that trouble I got in. Like I I owned up to it, you know. But it's cool that I was able to do that, but. It, like it just wasn't you know it's, it's just got me in a lot of trouble and it wasn't worth it in the long run. I find it so interesting how enamored Josh Prohibition has obviously been with this yeah talent of yours because he has yeah, that's, that's practiced awesome. and he has very all the questions specific questions. Oh yeah, about oh, I'm honored by that by the way. No, no, and like I said, I I, I never drink to uh, to specifically get drunk. I, I enjoy the tapes to beer. I like the chemistry. I'm a home brewer myself. But again, it is it is fascinating to me what I saw. I just yeah. uh, I just it's couldn't comprehend that. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. I, I was amazed by it. Nothing I mean well, obviously you. I would not uh, I would not coach anybody to do that, especially at that <laughs> at that alcohol percentage with the uh, the whatever it was, the Mickeys or King Cobra. Yeah, uh, it seems a bit dangerous, but uh, again, at the same time, it was uh, pretty miraculous. Yeah, I hung on my coaching uh, my coaching jacket after Worldwide. He, you know, ruined it for me. So I think so ten you're years not gonna, from now we'll still be uh, you're, talking about. You're not going to enter Josh Prohibition yeah, this year. Yeah, this year it's all you, brother. Oh no, 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 I, uh, no, no. No. So, yeah, we should do it. No, but like, I like, I like, sit on it. I like being able to say that I've never vomited from, from <laughs> drinking, you. and uh, I think that would change that story. I, I never really tried to peer pressure people into like doing something they didn't want to do because I honestly I don't think people should do that shit. It's stupid, and especially <laughs> if you're driving. Like I don't drink and drive people. It's stupid, and you're gonna get busted if you if you get lucky a bunch of times. Good for you. You're gonna get busted eventually. Do you feel like um, you know your life has just dramatically changed from? You know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, like um, I'm I'm no angel. I never will be. You know, I'm convinced about that already. And but like I still go out. I'll have a couple of beers, but I know moderation now, and I understand like my limits. And 
And I, I'm more of a DD than I am like a drunk anymore. Like I make sure my friends are good. I took random people home from the bar before because I've been in their place. And I passed out of bars and bathrooms. I got kicked out of every bar around Mayfield at one point. And there's been a couple of times like the Dunkin' Donuts in Mayfield. There's a guy named Mo that works here. Hell of a guy, a Middle Eastern dude. He fucking hates me like to this day. I, he, I think he knows now that I'm not that bad. But I, I used to go in there and fucking just pass out off the tables. Cops would fucking find me passed out of the tables there at three and four in the morning. Got to get taken home, and like I would just destroy shit everywhere I went, breaking the houses. You know, like stupid bullshit. Like how the hell did I end up there? Like one time I broke into a house that I thought was mine and it wasn't. I woke up in this random vacant house and I don't know how I got lucky that it was vacant. But I remember waking up on the floor in an empty house and being like, how the fuck did I get here? So don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. Well, that night I was smart. I didn't drink and drive. I so, walked. But you know, as we could go on for, this will be multiple parts, I'm sure, one day with you. <laughs> but as we kind of wind it down here, have we seen the last of Kaplan in a wrestling ring? I would say no. And uh, I'll be back. You know, I, I was traveling a lot and uh, I was making money doing my thing i'm trying to get a house and all that and i recently just got a bad uh bacterial infection in my eye i'm blind in my left eye right now and i'm getting a cornea transplant on the third of next month like so that. they're gonna fix that and after that i'll be able to see 2020 he said so uh i want to come back i actually been losing weight i quit smoking i'm a month off now and uh like exactly a month now and uh I've been dieting. I got way too fat. I'm going. I want to go from an obese idiot to a fat idiot again. Maybe <laughs> just an idiot one day, you know. So, I uh, I'm definitely working on myself a lot, and I've been uh, just uh, trying to get back into uh, uh, just the swing of things back at home here since I've been gone for so long. But you haven't seen the last of me at AIW. Any other way, I'm going to come visit no matter what. And you might book me in random matches against AJ Gray or something. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, <laughs> we, we have to end this one. But there's so much more to get to that we'll have Kaplan back on a, another episode. We've got to talk about the AJ Gray match. You coming basically straight off the road, his safety first Kaplan with your gear yeah. on there. And uh, we, we've yet to even talk about JizzFest. Yeah. So much more to get into, but we've got to wind this one yeah. down I, for I, uh, Josh Prohibition, for Kaplan for John Thorne. Uh, my name is Steve Guy and we'll talk to you guys next week here on The Card is Going to Change. Later, guys. Any final words? That's it? Uh, yeah, uh, just look forward to seeing me again because I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. In 2020. Yeah, 2020 is a whole new year. New year, new me. No vision. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's only 2019. Okay. I, hope I, get a dead man. I hope I get a dead man's eye. Well, I am going to get a dead man's eye, so hopefully it's like a some kind of killer or something. You know, Maybe I'll see what he saw. <laughs> I need to stop drinking. Yeah, we're going to have to get into your uh, 30 days in county, too. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that.